Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. For the next two weeks, Pardes is bringing Purim to you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Svi Hershild from the Pardes Institute, and uh, welcome back. If you've been sticking with it this far, then you know that we are in episode nine of a series on different approaches to Purim from different thinkers. And today we are visited by a very well-known figure, the first uh, Rebbe of Chabad, the Ultra Rebbe, uh, the Admor Hazakain, uh, the founding uh, father of Chabad Hasidut, Rav Schneir Zalman of Liadi, author of the Tanya, author of his own Shulchan Aruch, uh, a pivotal figure uh, of uh, second and third generation Hasidut. And uh, he offers what could best be described as a Kabbalistic Midrashic take on uh, the book of Esther and the story of Esther that uh, is really striking and interesting. And uh, I'm excited to share it with you today. Uh, He begins by pointing out what he says is this strange anomaly that on the one hand in uh, in chapter 5, Ahasuerus is described as handing out the scepter. Uh, he hands, he sort of reaches out the scepter while it's in his hand, and Esther touches it. And he contrasts that with what happens in the 8th parak, when Esther is now asking Ahasuerus uh, for, for more help. Right. The first time is when she is pleading uh, that Ahasuerus come to the Mishteh and gets the ball rolling against Haman. And in chapter eight, this is already uh, Haman's been killed and Esther's asking for for more. And in this time, it says uh, the king gave the scepter or reached out the entire scepter to Esther. And he he wants to know what what happened, what changed. And he uses this as a jumping off point to explore profound ideas in Jewish spirituality and the ongoing challenge of living in a world of physicality and limitation and difficulty, sort of living in a spiritual reality of godliness, which for those who are fans of the Tanya know is a constant theme for the Alter Rebbe and no less so here. So he begins by describing the state of Galut which is what informs the Megillah, and he says it sort of informs a cosmological state, that God himself is in Galut, in the idea that the divine presence is hidden. God's presence is in this world, it sustains this world, but it is hidden. The Shekhinah, the divine presence, is hidden. And he says in the same way within each person, the divine energy within us, or what he calls the the Ahavam Mesutera, the hidden love, that exists in all of us, that yearns to unite us with complete godliness, is also hidden from us. It's there, but it's hidden. Uh, there is a divine energy that encompasses us, the avam mikifa, but the divine energy within, which is there, is hidden. And then he goes on to talk about Yemot HaMashiach and what's going to happen then, and how the Chagim especially Purim, point us in that direction. So let me begin by describing what he says is the fundamental difference between the Chagim and Purim. And he says that the Chagim, the Moadim, the regular holidays, represent this jump from the material into the spiritual. 
that the Shekhinah is revealed, divine energy is revealed, and the Chagim represent a transformation, our ability to sort of leap out of the reality of hiddenness, the reality of physicality and materialism and sensual drives, and to jump out of that and enter in a place of spirituality. The Chagim are a jump, a lift out of the material into the spiritual, where spiritual energies are overcome, even momentarily, physicality. And he says the analogy for this in the Megillah is when Esther touches the scepter, because there the scepter represents divine presence. And God's highest energies, the Ein Sof, the unlimited energy of God, remains hidden. And all we get in that moment, which is metaphorically shown by Esther, is to touch the end of it, to experience sort of an emanated, distant way. We contact an ultimate energy of God that remains hidden from us. And that's what happens on Chagim. We overcome the limits of our physical existence, even momentarily, to sort of touch and engage this higher divine energy. But Purim is something else. Purim emphasized by Ahashverosh coming to the good. At Purim, it is not about overcoming physicality, but rather the transformation of physicality and materialism, meaning in, in his mystical language, the forces of, of materialism are going to be transformed or ultimately revealed to be godliness, right? That is what Ahashverosh turning to the good it is the bad becoming good, this tremendous rise that not only is overcoming our physical limitations, but it is actually transforming them. We now see how the physical world itself is filled with godliness as well. All is revealed. And he says this is, in a way, personified by the very nature of mitzvot, that mitzvot, God's will the purest expression of divinity actually finds its place in the physical world through mitzvot, the mitzvot which deal with what we eat and what happens when an ox gores a cow or all these other, that the mitzvot, the Torah, deals with the physical world. Yet it is a manifestation of divine will. It is ultimate godliness within the physical world. The Torah, the mitzvot, reveal godliness in the physical world. And so too, he argues, is the ultimate expression of Yemot HaMashiach, the Messianic age, when godliness will be revealed, where the darkness, he says, will be transformed into light. That all will be revealed, godliness will be revealed, not by escaping the physical world, but right here in what he calls the lowest of the worlds, we will see the greatest manifestation of godliness because the darkness will become light and everything, the godliness of everything and the godly energy will be revealed uh, in the most fundamental way. And that is why he says Purim, on a certain way, is the highest expression of the spiritual capacity that we have. Because other holidays are about sort of rising above our physical limitation our material drives. And Purim is about the transformation, the revealing of godliness within the material world itself. So Purim in this way is the hint 
to the true messianic future, which is Esther, as he says in the in the eighth chapter, Esther is no longer in the courtyard of the king, but Esther is inside the bait, inside the home of the king. And here in the home, the king is fully revealed, and Esther is able to engage the ultimate divine energy. She's able to engage the Ainsof, the scepter is handed to her. And she is now in complete interaction, full interaction with the divine, which is what our hoped endpoint is, that God created the material world not to be escaped from, but ultimately to reveal the divine energy that is within the material, physical world itself. And this is what is so powerful. This is the deep, profound message of Purim. Unlike all the other holidays and Shabbat, we don't transcend, but we actually reveal uh, the tremendous divine energies that surround us and are in the world all the time, but they are hidden. And I think this is such a powerful, important message that our purpose ultimately is not to escape the limitations of the physical world we are in, but to reveal the tremendous divine energy and power that is present within them, that ultimately uh, it is about discovering the imminence as opposed to transcendence, which is such a powerful message here, that Purim is about finding what is hidden, uh, and it taps into so many themes of Purim, the power of transformation, that the, the evil can become good. In a certain way, everything around us already carries the potential for goodness. We just have to reveal it. Uh, and, and through our service here, we are not meant to transcend our worldly existence, but rather experience the profound spiritual power, the divine energy that is actually present or potentially present in our physical existence, in our material presence all the time. Uh, I think that's a beautiful, powerful message about how that any time we do mitzvot or engage the physical world in a spiritually meaningful way, we are already planting those seeds. We are already doing the work of finding God within ourselves, of finding God within the world and revealing godliness in the world all the time. And that uh, our major job uh, through Torah and mitzvot and ethics and morality is not to escape this world to some spiritual hideaway and a spiritual ecstatic high. Although those moments are important and are valuable and give us tremendous energy and strength, but our ultimate goal is to reveal the godliness that is really present in our world uh, and to reveal it as really what he says is the ultimate expression of, of revelation, divine presence in the physical world itself. And Purim as a day of physicality with its mitzvot really uh, emphasizes the, the spiritual power that is hidden but really present in our physical world. Thank you for joining me and we will wrap up with the Sfat Emet next time. Thank you to our Pardes faculty and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning and visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.